Hello and welcome to another episode of Relationship Alive. This is your host, Neil Satin. Control. I'm not talking about the Janet Jackson album from the 80s. I'm talking about how it shows up in your relationship. In what ways are you being controlled by your partner? And in what ways are you controlling them? How does it help you and how does it hurt you? In today's episode, we're going to dive deep on this issue of control and see if we just can't dismantle the ways that it's holding you back in your relationship. In case you haven't heard, we are doing Relationship Alive live in October here in Portland, Maine, in a theater, and this time we are featuring John and Julie Gottman. You'll get the opportunity to ask the world's top relationship experts your questions, as well as hear some tunes from an as-yet-to-be-determined-but-sure-to-be-amazing musical guest. It's going to be a powerful night, a no-brainer date night. What could be better than showing up with two tickets to hang out with the world's top relationship experts for a couple hours? Seating is reserved, so visit neilsatin.com slash live show to get more information and to get your tickets. Now, we have closed the doors on enrollment for the beta version of my Secrets of Relationship Communication course. If you want to know when the course is available again, you can start by simply downloading my free guide to my top three relationship communication secrets. These three simple tips will get you started on the path to deeper connection, no matter how complicated the topic that you're communicating about. And you'll be on the wait list for when the full course is available again. To download the free guide, all you have to do is visit neilsatin.com slash relate or text the word RELATE to the number 33444 and follow the instructions. I want to take just a quick moment to thank those of you who have recently supported the podcast with your donations, because it takes a village to keep things going here at Relationship Alive headquarters. So Drew, Anne, Angie, Port, or Porte, however you pronounce your name, Monica, Cynthia, Barrett, Sarah, Jordan and Grace, thank you all so much for your generous support of Relationship Alive. And if you are finding the podcast to be helpful for you and those you love, please consider contributing whatever feels right for you, because every little bit counts. Just visit neilsatin.com slash support or text the word support to the number 33444 and follow the instructions. And lastly... If you'd like to connect with other people who listen to Relationship Alive and be in a safe space with them to get support for yourself and about your relationship, then come join the Relationship Alive community on Facebook. Okay, I think that's it. Let's talk about control, control, control. Now, we're all familiar with the stereotype of the controlling partner who literally wants to control every aspect of your life, who you talk to, what you wear, what you eat, what you do with your free time, all of those things. And I think in general, we can agree that if you're on the receiving end of that kind of control, it's super painful and hard to live with. And if you're controlling on that level then it's also probably super painful and hard to live with. 
because that kind of control comes from typically a place of fear within us. And that's often why we allow ourselves to be controlled because we also have fear. So fear is at the root of what establishes control structures in a relationship. Now I'm talking about the stereotypical ways that we can be controlling, but control comes into relationships in ways that are a lot more subtle than that. In fact, we've spoken about this a little bit on the podcast before, where we've talked about the agreements that you form with your partner uh, in order to have a relationship together, in order to create safety with each other. Those agreements are also another way that we control each other, because often we are creating agreements that are around, based around helping us show up for each other and take care of each other's fears. I'm not saying that this is overall a bad thing. There are places where it makes sense to honor our partner's tender places, to be willing to say, hey, I see that you have fear about this, and so I'm, I'm willing to make an agreement with you around that in order to help keep our relationship intact, to keep our relationship from uh, f being victimized or being uh, torn apart by the things that you are afraid about. And often, though, what happens is that we start forming agreements either implicitly, um, you know, we just agree to things without talking about them. And that's also something that we've talked about on the show is how to make your implicit agreements explicit. Um, but along with that, there's, there's a whole range of conversations that we can often avoid by making agreements prematurely. Now we're going to have an episode coming out really soon. In fact, I'm going to do a few episodes on this because it's so important about conflict in relationship and how to actually utilize conflict for your own personal growth and for the growth of the relationship. It's super important. If you're not willing to deal with conflict in one way or another, then you're probably setting yourself up for these kinds of control structures that, while they may seem to serve the interests of your relationship in the short term by making you safe or making your partner safe, in the long term, there's a deeper level of integrity that's going to be missing from your relationship and from how you feel or how you each feel as individuals in the relationship. The goal all along should be striving toward deep integrity so that when you talk about being your biggest, brightest version of you, something else that we've talked about on the show a lot, because that's what I want you to be and I, what I want you to experience in your relationship is the ability to be yourself to be the best version of yourself. So the best version of yourself, that's important because the best version of yourself is willing to be vulnerable. And being vulnerable involves taking risks. And taking risks involves being courageous and having the kinds of conversations that you need to have in order to either evolve your relationship or to evolve your own growth and healing. 
Now, what do I mean by that, evolving your own growth and healing? I'm going to talk about that in a little bit. Um, I'm going to come back to it because I think I want to spend just a few more minutes before we start talking about how to dismantle all these control structures. I want to give you a way of identifying them for yourself in your life to see where they are happening. Now, it may be easy for you to identify the places where you feel controlled, where you feel like you're not exactly free to be how you want to be or to do what you want to do. Um, that's easy because it represents a place where there's some friction between us and maybe the the deepest, truest version of ourselves and also probably friction between us and our partner. We feel controlled and that's not comfortable. It's a little bit less comfortable probably than being the person who's controlling. So see if just mentioning that, what are the ways that you feel like you are controlled by your partner? See what comes to mind. There could be a few obvious things that jump out at you. And after the obvious things come, then take a minute and think about your partner's fears. What do you know about them? What do you know about um, them that makes them vulnerable or scared or worried? If you've been with them for any length of time at all, you probably have a pretty good idea. This is why it can be so easy for us to set our partner off when we want to. We know exactly what it would take to trigger our partner. And that's because we know how to go straight to the places where they're most sensitive. So when you identify the places where your partner is sensitive, then think about what you've done to accommodate their sensitivities. And some of those things may represent agreements that you made consciously with them that you talked about and where you came to an agreement. And maybe that still feels fine to you. It's not to say that all the places where you do that are bad or wrong. I'm simply wanting you to take an opportunity to assess whether it's still working for you. Is it working for you now like it was when you first took it on? Or has it run its course? And while it served you when you created the agreement around this thing, it's gotten to a point where the, the little dust bunnies of resentment are starting to gather. So these are important things for you to be able to bring to the table with your partner. And we'll talk about how to do that in a way that keeps you both safe. But first, you got to identify what they are. Now, the second thing that I want you to explore is how you are controlling your partner. And so I want you to, to think about all the things that create fear in you. Now, hopefully this isn't too triggering for you to do. Think about the things that you're afraid of most in your relationship. And then see if you can identify exactly what kinds of agreements, implicit or explicit, that you have put in place to control your partner's actions to keep them from triggering your fears. Might take a few minutes to do this, but so if you need that time, I encourage you to pause the episode and then resume. Okay, I'm going to assume that you're back, that you took the inventory. Um, and this one is worth spending a little time on because it's easy to... Uh, be able to point the finger in so many ways at ways that your partner is showing up in a way that's hard for you or harmful for you. 
and and control in a way is a form of violence. So it's violence that we're doing to each other. Um, it's harder to be reflective and identify the ways that you're controlling them. So if you did that and went through that inventory, I want, just want to say that good on you. Like it's it's such important work, and I really appreciate that you're willing to take that on. Now, another important aspect to explore is your willingness to be controlled. Why would you let that happen to begin with? Why not just, you know, as soon as someone tries to control what we do or who we are or, or all of that, why would we sign up for that? And honestly, I think that we have, in most cases, the best intentions when we sign up willingly to be controlled by our partner. We want them to be happy. We want to be in the love energy with them, not in the conflict energy with them. We want our lives to be easier. And often it's easier to simply acquiesce than it is to take a stand. And there are any number of reasons why it would make perfect sense for you to submit to another person's control. And again, the the point here isn't for you to feel bad about that. I just want you to recognize what's at work. Why did you do that? Why have you done that? And you might even try to get into your partner's head around the ways that you've controlled them. Why would they have allowed themselves to be controlled by you in this way? You know, perfect example is um, giving your partner an ultimatum about something. If you can't do this this way, then that's a deal breaker for me. Well, how are they supposed to respond to that, right? Now, this again, this isn't to say that you shouldn't have deal breakers. By all means, have deal breakers, but be really judicious about when they come out. And the thing is about a deal breaker, and this is where we get into like the deep meat of relationshipology, is when a deal breaker is on the table, you want to be sure that if your partner is agreeing to do something the way that you want to do it so that the deal breaker doesn't break the deal, then it should be of the utmost importance to, one, ensure that their decision, that their agreement is in integrity with who they are. And second, I think there's responsibility there for both people to make sure that you create support structures so that in the places where it's not natural or not normal, but it represents some sort of evolution for your partner or for you, that you create support structures to ensure that the necessary growth and support is actually happening. You don't just assume that it's going to happen. You recognize that you are in process around this thing. And if something like a deal breaker is on the table to begin with, then then it's an issue, right? So again, it's so tempting to want to just resolve an issue and get past it and get and and move on. But often when you just resolve something and move on, what gets left behind is the actual essential processing and growth that needs to happen in order for that thing to really take root in your relationship. And without that attention and growth, you end up finding that you're out of integrity weeks, months, years later. So I want to spare you from that. It's a painful place to be. And you can do that by recognizing that anytime 
that we're making agreements in our relationship that aren't natural for us. It's time to be super intentional about that and to find ways to support each other in it, to have compassion for each other and to recognize that change takes time. And this is something that we were talking about two episodes ago uh, when I was tackling the question of whether or not people can really change. Of course they can. Now, you still probably ought to go listen to the episode because I talk about the prerequisites that need to be there for change to happen and the things that you need to be willing to sign up for um, for the process of change in relationships. So that's episode 201. But today, the important thing is um, recognizing that what's required here is change and is support. Support is required. And, uh, and that's an essential part of how you go from an agreement that feels like control to an agreement that feels like an actual generative life-giving agreement that you can hold with your partner. So at this point, hopefully you have identified the ways that your partner controls you, the ways you control them, and you've also identified why it is you're willing to be controlled or why they might be willing to be controlled. And along the way, you've also gathered a bit of an inventory of the fears that you have, the fears at work in your relationship. You might also notice places where you're holding shame because shame is another uh, great reason to not take a stand around something or to not lean into a conversation about something. If you don't feel 100% great about it so that you can't get behind it 100%, then it's hard to really take a stand for something or to be in your truth about something. So uh, we've got a control inventory, a fear inventory, a shame inventory, and I think it's time to get into the process of actually dismantling the control and what's involved. So we're going to do that on the flip side of uh, some messages from this week's sponsors who are so generously showing up to help support Relationship Alive and our mission. And they have some special offers for you that I want you to know about. And uh, we have also a new sponsor this week too. So I'm excited to let you know. And our first sponsor is Audible Escape, a monthly subscription that provides unlimited listening to thousands of love stories. Let's face it. Love stories have the ability to whisk you away no matter where you are. Errands and chores fade into the background when you listen to these stories, which can transport you to a realm of whatever emotional experience you're looking for. It's a must-try for rom-com fans, or you can listen to something serious like Jane Austen's Pride and Prejudice. Join the community and listen for free to unlimited stories for the first month. After that, it's just $12.95 a month or only $6.95 a month if you're already an Audible or Kindle Unlimited member. Download the app to explore the love stories by visiting audible.com slash lovealive to get started. That's audible.com slash lovealive, L-O-V-E-A-L-I-V-E. Our second sponsor for today is Noemi. And they have a special offer for you as a Relationship Alive listener on their exquisite jewelry. If Amazon Prime and Tiffany's had a baby, it would be Noemi. Their pieces are made to last a lifetime, so they're perfect for today and an heirloom 
that your family will treasure far into the future. Noemi is handcrafted in the finest materials, reclaimed 18-karat gold, conflict-free stones, and lab-grown diamonds. And it's all priced as fairly as possible since they cut out the middleman. Also, they ship to you overnight for free so that you can try it on and have up to 60 days to return it for free with a full refund. So trying something from their site to see how it feels on you is completely risk-free. It's the easiest experience the fine jewelry industry has ever seen. And as I mentioned, they have a special offer for you. Head to hellonoemi.com. That's the word hello followed by N-O-E-M-I-E.com and use the coupon code ALIVE for $75 off your order today. That's $75 off with the coupon code ALIVE at hellonoemi.com. Our third and final sponsor for today has a special offer for you to help you get exactly the kind of support that you need as you're creating that web of support for yourself that we often talk about here on the show. One way that allows you to connect with a professional counselor in an online environment that's safe and private is today's sponsor, BetterHelp. With BetterHelp, you can get help on your own time and at your own pace. Along with scheduling video or phone sessions, you can also chat and text with your therapist. Their affordable and financial aid is available for those who qualify. So whether it's anxiety, depression, your relationship, stress, grief, dealing with control structures, whatever it is, definitely consider BetterHelp as a way to help you transform the places where you are stuck. Best of all, it's truly an affordable option. As a Relationship Alive listener, you get 10% off your first month with discount code ALIVE. So why not get started today? Go to betterhelp.com slash alive. Simply fill out a questionnaire, which helps them assess your needs and get you matched with a counselor you'll love. That's betterhelp.com slash alive. And thank you, Audible Escape, Noemi, and BetterHelp for your support of amazing relationships and our mission at Relationship Alive. So let's talk about how to dismantle the control structures in your relationship. The first thing to offer is just that I have good news, that by identifying the ways that you control your partner and the way that they control you, you are on your way to dismantling them. Because once you notice these things, you can't unnotice them. And maybe it's part of the soup that you've been stewing in for a long time. So the noticing was there. But more than the noticing, what I want you to have is this sense of, okay, this, it doesn't have to be this way. Now, if you find that there's no escaping some deep control structures in your relationship, then that might be a sign that your relationship needs some serious help. And I would recommend going to a therapist and, and talking to the therapist about this particular thing and getting some support from them on how to dismantle things. Um, and it may be that you need to get out of the relationship. That might be a possibility. Um, but before you throw in the towel, uh, let's move into some of the deeper ways that we can take apart the ways that we're controlling each other and 
and find what's at the root of that, which is tenderness and vulnerability and really our love and compassion for each other. That's part of the antidote to control. It's your willingness first, let's say in all the ways that you've controlled your partner, and this might be a place where you have to lead by example, to be willing to let go of your partner, to let go of your control of your partner, and to find that place in you that wants the highest good for your partner, that wants to see them be their biggest and brightest self. Because that's probably what you love about them anyway, is them at their best. And once you find that place within you to play with giving them permission to be that thing, and by taking responsibility for your fears. Now, this might look like in ways that you've controlled your partner, it may look like bringing up a conversation with them and saying, hey, I'm aware that we made this agreement a long time ago because I had this particular fear. Or maybe if you didn't make an agreement, if you have literally been controlling your partner, you might say, hey, I'm realizing that there's this way that I've been trying to control you. And at the root of my wanting to control you around this thing is my fear, my fear about whatever that fear is. And I just want you to know that I want us to work together to make sure that whatever we're doing, whatever we're agreeing to, that it supports you in being who you are and it supports me in helping me deal with my fear. Make sense? So you're taking responsibility for the control. And at the same time, you're not letting go of the issue that was at the root of the control structure in the first place. It needs to have a spotlight shown on it so that you are willing to take it on. That's the most important thing here is not recognizing that we're just going to take it apart and let things be however they are. We're going to take it apart with sensitivity and vulnerability and acknowledging that there may still be something there that needs healing, that needs growth. So, you know, a classic example might be that one partner is a flirt and that makes the other partner feel insecure. And so the way that that's come down is something like you are never allowed to talk to someone of the opposite sex without me there and without having your arm around me or without, right? So there are all these ways and I'm being a little extreme, but you get the point. That's a classic example of how we might feel unsteady about our partner flirting with other people. And there are good reasons to feel unsteady about that. Um, it makes sense to have agreements around that in your relationship because while flirting in and of itself can be innocent and fun and can even energize your partner, let's say, for the relationship, there are ways that it can also detract from your relationship, can detract from your closeness, your intimacy, your safety, and it pays to be totally aware of how you're being affected by a habit like that. 
And usually within the seed of something uh, like uh, a jealous reaction to a partner flirting is some truth that needs to be addressed. And that could be what your partner is getting out of being a flirt. And maybe there are some things about that that are out of integrity with being in relationship with you. Those are things that need to be addressed. And maybe there are some things as well within your relationship that need to be addressed so that you feel more secure with each other, more stable. And maybe there are some things within you that need to be addressed so that you feel less afraid and more okay and more, not just okay, but okay no matter what. So if your partner really is going to go and and uh, cheat on you, for instance, then you need to have you. You need to have your own back so that you know that you're going to be okay. And so that if that, God forbid, were to happen, you would be able to stand on your own two feet and be able to make some decisions about whether you're going to do the work of repair which is totally possible. It's possible to repair from something even like that and to have an even stronger relationship than you had before. In fact, one of the reasons why that's true is because in a situation like that, it often reveals how our control structures were holding us back. And on the flip side of it is a real understanding and compassion for each other and for each other's experience so that we're not trying to control each other. We're actually trying to understand each other and embrace the other person's experience. And once you're embracing your partner's experience, which might be, I'm really lonely. I don't get enough affection from you. Um, then you might be able to step into that vulnerably and say, oh, okay, well, I want to show up for you in that so that you don't feel like you have to go flirt with other people to get that kind of attention. They're, I'm here for you. Um, it's, it's challenging, but not impossible to be in responsibility no matter what is going on in your relationship. So I've gone off on a bit of a tangent here, but it's all, it all feeds into the same thing, this important question of how do you take responsibility for your part in how you've controlled your partner and... Also, um, being willing to hold them and yourself at the same time. Now, let's talk about the flip side, the ways that you are being controlled, because this could get a little more dicey, right? There's often a lot at stake, and uh, the reason that you're being controlled is because whatever you're being controlled about, if you uh, were to go against the yoke of control then you would definitely be triggering your partner's primal brain. So you know that this is a sensitive area for them, that it, it treads on delicate ground. So when you approach these kinds of conversations with your partner, you want to do it in a way that honors their vulnerability. Again, this might be something that you need help from a third party with, you know, a coach to sit there with you and say, hey, okay, we're holding the relationship here and we're going to have a, a challenging conversation and we're going to do our best to get through it and feel connected on the other side of it. Sometimes it does take another person there to help you through. But let's say you don't have a third person and you're going to just go for it on your own. How do you do it? Well, first thing for you to do is to really get in touch with how it has served you to have that control structure in place. How has it benefited you to have it there? We know how it benefits your partner, but how has it actually benefited you? 
because the ways that it's benefited you that's kept you from confronting it at all, those are the exact things that are going to be potentially leading you off course when you finally do address it with your partner. So it's good to be really aware of the fears and vulnerabilities that you have that have kept you in your place. So what are they? Can you get really clear on them? Once you do, you want to follow some time-honored strategies for communicating with your partner. The first of them being that you don't want to blindside them with this. So you might say, hey, I want to have a really important conversation with you. When can we do that? When can we make time to do that? Because you want to be distraction-free and have time available uh, so that this conversation can have the space that it deserves. So the next thing, let's say you're in the conversation, what do you do? You might say something like, I've, we've been in this dance around this particular thing that I know is something that you feel really strongly about. And in fact, it's challenging for me to even bring it up with you right now. However, I know deep down that I love you and I know deep down that you love me and I can't in good conscience not talk about this because I trust that we can work together to come up with a solution for this thing that works better for me and in the end better for both of us. So would you be willing to have a conversation like that with that as our goal? And hopefully you get a yes from your partner. Again, you're inviting them to the conversation. You're, telling, you're setting the stage. I want to have a collaborative conversation around something that is really hard and challenging. And, and, uh, and I know already that you're sensitive about it. And your, your partner may already be kind of on guard. And this is a time when you want to use your strategies of really tuning in, really presencing yourself helping your partner be tuned in with you so that you're, you're there and present for this conversation. And this is something that I go over in my Secrets of Relationship Communication course, how to do that exact thing. Um, so definitely make sure you're on the wait list for the course for when it opens again. But meanwhile, we're this, you're in, now you're starting the conversation. Hopefully you have that, that willingness from your partner. And then... What you want to say is something like, and I, I'm just, I'm in the flow here, so I'm going to speak what comes to me. You want to say something like, this is what is going on. This is what I see. And you want to paint it as much as possible in terms of the actual things that happen or things that don't happen. And you want to also talk about the impact that it has on you. So it's very important here that you do not project things onto your partner. You don't want to say things like, because you're really afraid of such and such, I've agreed to never talk to members of the opposite sex or the same sex, whichever your orientation is, without you present. So the projection in there, what you've agreed to is to never talk. The projection in there is because you're really afraid of such and such. That may or may not be true. So a great phrase to use here is something like, my story is that we created this agreement around me not being able to talk to other people without you there because you were afraid that 
something might happen, that I might step out of bounds in terms of our monogamous container. Um, and then you might check in with them. Is that true? Is that true from your perspective around why we created that agreement? They may agree or they may have more information for you. So each step of the way, you're going to want to check in with your partner and see if what you're saying is even true. It could be that you've been living in an agreement that wasn't even there to begin with. And they've been wondering, why, why have you been doing that? Or maybe it was relevant at a certain time and isn't relevant anymore. And they're, they forgot that it, that it was something that you even agreed to. While it's been causing you pain this whole time, they've been happily oblivious to it. That's possible. So at this point, what you might say is, what I'm noticing within me is that it's creating a lot of resentment. I feel like I'm being controlled and I want to have an agreement in place between us that feels reasonable and that keeps us safe and that at the same time allows me a little bit more freedom to be me. Then you check in, see how it's going with them. They may be totally triggered at this point. Maybe not. The next step would be something like, like, um, so here's some things, here's some ways that that might look that's still honoring us. And, um, and what are your thoughts on that? Now you're in the dialogue about it, right? And hopefully within that dialogue, you've also gotten some clarity from your partner about what is underneath the uh, control structure. What is motivating their desire for you to be controlled in this way? And then you can speak directly to that. You can speak about, are there ways that we can get support for you so that that isn't an issue? And what would that look like? What would you ideally have? If it can't be me being controlled in this way, then what can it be so that your needs still get met, so that your fears aren't, aren't running us, um, so that we both get to be bigger and brighter and not to be run by our fears, but instead to be thriving with each other. Now, it's possible that this whole conversation does lead you to a place where you come to realize that you both agreed to things that without that agreement, um, it calls your relationship into question. And if you are in a space like that, then first, let me just say, I have so much compassion for you in that moment. And to say that my hope for you is a willingness to be there in the, is that you have a willingness to be there in the uncertainty and to realize that you are there with this person for a reason. At least that's my personal feeling. And that reason could be that all the learning that you've had so far and all the growth that you've had so far, and it's time to find a, a kind, gentle way to part ways. Or it could be that this is a moment that can give birth to a completely new version of your relationship that honors both of you more deeply, that gives you both a sense of rich compassion and love for each other. But in order to find that, you're probably going to have to be willing to be in the uncertainty for a little bit and to create some agreements and control structures that support you in the uncertainty so that things don't go off the rails. In the end, 
what you will find as you dismantle these control structures is a deeper sense of you knowing who you are, you knowing who your partner is. And in the ways that that's not true, you will identify exactly where you need to grow, where your own insecurities lie, where your own doubts about yourself lie, where your doubts about the relationship lie. And, and then the point is, once those things are illuminated, you can get support around them to fuel the next round of growth and uh, excellence for you and for your partner. So there truly is a silver lining or even a golden lining at the other end of what can be a challenging process. But I hope that you are willing to go for it because on that other side is what's truly important, which is you being more and more who you are meant to be in this world. And I want that for you. I want that for you in partnership with another person. And uh, the only way it happens is if you're willing to be vulnerable and take the risks because it's avoiding the risks that gets us in this mess in the first place. And that's okay. That's what happens. You just have this golden opportunity to see that it's happened and make some new choices. All right. That is it for this week. That's been a lot to take in, I'm sure. I look forward to seeing you next week. There's still a little bit of a question mark around who next week's guest is going to be. I might have a last minute surprise uh, guest showing up on my doorstep. So uh, you're going to just have to stay tuned for next week's episode. In the meantime, if anything comes up for you and you want to reach out, uh, please send an email to neilius, N-E-I-L-I-U-S at neilsatin.com. Or if you have a question and you would like for me to answer it on the show, you can e- you can record yourself asking the question and email that to questions at relationshipalive.com. And uh, I would love to answer your question directly. If you send me an email, I will read it, but I cannot guarantee that I will respond to you because I get a lot of email. And I do want to say I love getting email. It's, it means so much to me to hear from you, to know the impact that this show is having, that my work is having in your life. And um, yeah, and to hear from you directly, to know that, that we are together Uh, changing the world one person one relationship at a time so please do reach out and hopefully i'll see you in october for relationship alive live if you can make the trek to maine if you're not here already and uh, otherwise i will see you next week until then take care 